0: On the Badger Sports Network, welcome to Badger Prime. Now, here is your host,
3: Mike Heller.
0: And we welcome you into Badger Prime on this Thursday night. The Badgers are going to take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And this was before the season began. This was expected to be a marquee matchup. The Badgers have mostly done their part 3-1 3-1 and and 1-0 in the Big Ten coming off of a win against the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, 12 days ago at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. 28-17 the final there. Nebraska has not lived up to its end of that part of the bargain to make this a marquee game. Scott Frost in his first year is still winless at Nebraska. He has a 19-11 overall mark. His time at Central Florida has kind of set the table for the return to Lincoln. But it has not gone as smoothly. I still think, and many people do, that Nebraska will be a very good team as you roll forward. They're just probably not there yet. Wisconsin, the Batchers, they have won 16 straight regular season Big Ten games Dating back to 2016, the longest conference win streak in school history. The Badgers have also gone 30 and 5 in conference play over the last five years. Only Ohio State at 33 and 3 has a better league record over that span. You want some more numbers? The Badgers are 22 and 3 against the Big Ten West Division since the league went to its current format in divisional alignment in 2014, 22-3 and against fellow West opponents. And Wisconsin gets ready for this one. 6.30 is the kickoff on Saturday night. Matt LaPay had a chance to visit with A.J. Taylor. We're going to play that for you here in a moment. A.J. Taylor has averaged 19.6 yards per reception. That is the best mark of any Big Ten player with at least 15 catches on the year. Taylor leads the UW in receiving 15 grabs. 294 yards and as i mentioned the voice of the badgers matt Lapay, had a chance to visit with aj taylor coming off of a bye week
1: it's got to be nice because it, it's in a way the halfway point of the season when you consider when camp started mm-hmm. and out the end of september early october was a good Just a check out the football for a couple days no
3: i'm honestly i i love football with all my heart but it was great to get away from it it was great to just really i felt like honestly just like a normal student for a little bit just for a little bit (laughs) got to just go uh i mean when i was done with homework and stuff in classes i went to the movie theater watched um one second what did i watch it was Oh, shoot. I've, I lost it already. But I went to the movies. But it was, was great. It was a good movie. I was eating pretty unhealthy. Um, so it was a good little bye week. Good, good to get back into it. And
1: a good note to go into it, right, with a, a game like that against Iowa. That mm-hmm. Anytime you can catch a game-winning uh, pass, it's got to be a pretty cool thing. When you can do it on the road, the roar of the crowd, and then boom. It's yeah. like you hear a pin drop right? it, it's
3: it would get got so quiet it was you know that was great it's a great feeling but it's really just all the preparation we've been yeah. doing through camp and through workouts through practice it's it's been like i don't know It it just meant like like it was supposed to happen it wasn't like something where i was thinking oh my gosh this is my chance and i was all nervous and anxious i was just relaxed and i knew what i needed to do and just execute it was it like that
1: throughout the huddle to aj there's you know there's obviously you have, you have fans who are nervous and the crowd's going crazy but you noticed in the huddle a sense of calm in there too yeah
3: there was it was really just like a one play at a time mentality uh nobody was really super anxious or fidgety or anything like when when guys maybe messed up or missed a past or anything like that we were still all together we're all calm which which makes it really good to you know play with because you're not too fired up and you're not too mellow you know we're just taking it one play at a time and grinding have you noticed in your time here it's a cliche question i understand
1: but you know every game is big you only get the 12 guaranteed opportunities but when you get into conference play and especially in a game against like a rival game like iowa and you got another one coming up here obviously is it just a little bit different in some ways
3: yeah when i think when it gets into when it gets into conference play it's more of a all right Let's go. It's one of those type of deals, and yeah, like you said, all the games are important. But when you get into these type of games, it's more, it's a, you got to bring the juice because you know, not necessarily all about executing. I mean, yeah, it is executing, but it's not really about executing. It's more about competing and just and playing hard. That's really what it comes down to. Like you got the Heartland Trophy, it's really hard. You know, it's really what you're playing for. Um, and then this one is more pride, I'd say. So like, they're all just. They all have their different... You know. Sure.
1: This is a team, I know the record is what the record is with Nebraska, but you see guys on defense. It looks like they've got a bunch of guys who can run around, who can make plays. I would imagine as you prepare for them, it's a lot more on that than it is their win-loss record. You know, yeah. I guess a are good athletes.
3: Though. Yeah, we, we agree wholeheartedly. It's not about the record especially like Iowa same way it's not about the record Nebraska not about the record because when they come and play us it's going to be a gritty competitive game and we have to be able to match that or and compete above that so um, we just again we have to keep working hard and preparing and grind. Do you feel like still the, the best is yet to come
1: for this group offensively I mean obviously a clutch drive against a really good defense but you still feel like you know this, this is pretty good and yet this offense can still be a lot better.
3: Yeah, we've got a lot more room for improvement. Um, the goal is to keep getting better each day, and I think we are doing that. We're accomplishing that. We're getting back to you know Wisconsin football, and and we just need to you know keep playing, keep getting, coming together, and, and sooner or later it will, we will click.
0: Good stuff there with Matt LePay and A.J. Taylor. One of the other Badger stars so far this year has been a redshirt sophomore, Garrett Groshek from Amherst Junction, Wisconsin. Groshek is off to a pretty good start so far this season. In his four games, he's had pretty good production against Iowa Four carries, or eight, rather, eight carries for 33 yards. Three more catches for 19 yards against BYU. Had six rushing attempts, 45 yards and a long of 31. And four more catches for 29. So, Garrett Groshick has been a key part of Wisconsin's offense so far alongside of Jonathan Taylor in the Badger run and throw game. And also, Matt LePay had a chance to visit with Garrett Groshick.
1: Well, I know at this point, it's Fairly old news, I guess not that old, but when you make the transition from the walk-on to scholarship player, um, what was what was that like for you when you when you got the word? Uh,
4: well, cool. we had a pretty good idea what was going to happen. Um, coach had mm-hmm. called myself, Tyler Johnson, and Jason Erdman down, mm-hmm. so there's three guys that had played a lot of snaps during the season, a lot of meaningful snaps. And we, you know, the three of us kind of knew what was going on, so it was the whole rest of the team. But uh, once Coach said that all three of us were going to put on scholarship, I remember everybody just jumping up and down. And I think Dakota just about tackled me. And, and I know Xander and Ryan and guys like that that were right in front of me jumped up and gave me a big hug. So it was a really awesome feeling just to see the – Excitement from my teammates. Yeah,
1: no, the, the reputation here is pretty well documented with guys who have walked on and have earned scholarships I mean, I would imagine you were aware somewhat of that to begin with right that it could be there for you, but Guys who are walk-ons, it's you're, you're on the team, right? Yeah. It's, it's not really that different in terms of how your teammates approach
4: you. Yeah, career. absolutely There's really no difference between a scholarship player um, and a walk-on player here. Um, I was treated the same as everybody that came into our class together. Um, we we're all treated the same and looked at the same. Um, once you get here, it's about who can play, and that's pretty much all that anybody cares about.
1: Yeah, yeah. you mentioned too a minute ago the meaningful snaps. I think some people were impressed to see you in there playing a big role at crunch time in the Iowa game, but you did that last year, right? If it was Purdue late in the game, the the Big Ten championship game, I don't want to say it's old hat, but it's not exactly new territory either for you, right?
4: No, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's football. Uh, I'm never going to shy away from playing football, no matter how big the moment is or anything like that. i um, blessed to have this opportunity to play for the Badgers and everything and play at the Division One level and be able to play football beyond high school when a lot of people don't. And it's something that, I mean, I'm just out there playing, so it's sure. fun.
1: Was it good timing? I talked to a couple of your teammates, they seemed to think it was, to have a have a bye week. I know there are eight games left, but you guys have been at it for a couple of months in a formal setting. Was it good to just be able to shut it down for a couple of days? Yeah,
4: absolutely, it was good for, I mean, probably just about everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd been playing football since August, mm-hmm. August 1st, so yep. two months, we were two months into it. Um, got about two months left. To whatever something months left, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it, was, it really came at a pretty good time um, after one big ten game. So we can kind of see where we're at and everything, and go from
1: there. It seemed like in the Iowa game, you guys showed a lot of versatility offensively too. You could play the you know the jumbo alignment with the seven, two tight ends, but seven offensive linemen yeah. in essence. Second half, it was a little bit different approach. Is that you see that is one of the strengths of this team? It seems like you guys can attack in more than one way?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we feel comfortable with whoever's on the field, whether it's seven offensive linemen or three wide receivers. Uh, we really feel like no matter what personnel we're in, we can attack the defense that we're playing against.
1: Final one here on, on Nebraska. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky
0: just about anywhere.
1: Their numbers aren't what they want, but it looks like they've got guys who can make plays, guys who can disrupt in their front, good linebackers. When you take a look at their video, what, what jumps out at you?
4: A team that's a lot better than their record, obviously. They've played a couple of close games, learned a new system, but you know the guys that are in that locker room can play, play ball and make plays. So um, You can't can't take this team lightly. It's, it's Nebraska. Um, they're going to always be talented, always have guys that can make plays, and We're just going to have to show up on Saturday. All right. Thank you, Matt. Saturday's game will be the eighth time
0: Wisconsin and Nebraska have faced off since the Huskers joined the Big Ten in 2011. It also marks the sixth time in those eight games that they'll meet under the lights. The Badgers are 4-1 in the first five primetime meetings, including three straight wins. When we come back, Jesse Temple from TheAthletic.com will join me as we continue to get you all set for the Badgers and the Nebraska Cornhuskers, plus a bigger overall picture of the Wisconsin Badgers. As we continue in just a couple of minutes, the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company is your destination for game day gatherings, your official coaches radio show sponsor of the Badgers Radio Network. I'm Mike Heller. We'll talk with Jesse Temple coming back in three minutes as we continue Badger Prime on the Badger Sports Network. Once again, back with you on Badger Prime. Wisconsin getting ready for a showdown with Nebraska. 6.30 this Saturday night at Camp Randall Stadium. It'll be back-to-back 6.30 games when Wisconsin will go to Michigan on Saturday night, October the 13th. That game has also been set for 6.30. The following home game against Illinois is also a known start time. That is at 11 a.m. The Badgers in their fourth year under head coach Paul Christ, 37-8 and as a head coach. With back-to-back Coach of the Year honors, he has been uh, led the Badgers to consecutive Big Ten West Division crowns and New Year's Six Bowl wins. He owns a 23-4 and record in conference games. And after a bye week, the Badgers now welcome in the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And we welcome in from TheAthletic.com, Jesse Temple. The Nebraska Cornhuskers are the opponent this week. They are 0-4. Scott Frost in his first year now coaching back at his alma mater after leaving the the University of Central Florida, and certainly Nebraska has struggled. They are 0-4 on the season. They do have a game to make up that was uh, washed out because of weather on the opening weekend, but the Horn- Cornhuskers have struggled. A lot of people thought that this team would arrive back on the scene with Scott Frost. And it, it likely will happen, but it doesn't happen quickly. And Scott Frost and the Huskers are really struggling. Jesse, where have you seen their issues? And is this team better than advertised when they take the field on Saturday night?
2: Well, my view is certainly that they are not good at all. I mean, they're, they're giving up 38.8 points per game. They just gave up 42 to Purdue. And, uh, you know, it's been interesting because I wrote earlier this week about the difference in the, even the press conference and the tone of the press conference on Monday between Scott Frost and Paul Chris, where the most difficult question that Paul gets is about whether any of his players need a reminder that Nebraska used to be good enough to compete for national titles. And, and Frost is answering these questions about not being disciplined enough, um, depth chart changes due to poor performance, and whether he was even encouraged that players hadn't offered indications they wanted to leave the program. So, you know, Frost says that you can't build on a bad foundation, or you won't have a house very long, and he said we had some rot and some termites, and we still do. And to me, it sort of sounds like he's, he's saying he wasn't left with very much from what Mike Riley gave him. I certainly think over time he's going to be able to turn it around. But thus far, uh, I mean, they're 0-4 for the first time in 73 years. I don't know what more you can say about where that program is at right now.
0: Jesse, I'll spend more time uh, on the Badgers here in a moment, but what did we learn in the bye week, where the rest of the conference is concerned, including that big time showdown in State College last weekend?
2: Well, uh, I think we learned that uh, Ohio State is a is a pretty good football team, and that uh, I mean, I, I don't know, I think Wisconsin's still going to be the Big Ten West favorite. So nothing about what happened this week changed my opinion there. Um But uh, to me, it's going to come down to whether the Badgers can win at Michigan and at Penn State. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I think Wisconsin's going to be there in the Big Ten championship. And the question is, can they finally win? Um I don't know if we have any more answers this week, but I, I think that there's some pretty tough teams on the other side of the division.
0: Well, and when you when you think of of what happens next, um you know, you don't ever. Uh, I think we learned that when BYU came to town. Don't ever take anything for granted. Uh, but the next two road games after this, that are sandwiched around a uh, road uh, home game with Illinois, playing at Michigan and at Northwestern, those two road games are going to go a long way in determining what this Badger season looks like. Is that fair?
2: Oh, absolutely. And and Northwestern is is better than probably people may give them credit for. You know, the, Wisconsin has had a lot of trouble going to Evanston and winning uh, until the last time they went there a couple of years ago. Northwestern was beating Michigan. 17 to nothing before the Wolverines came back and won that 120 to 17. So I think that's going to be a tough game. And, and Michigan, of course, will always be difficult. You know, they're a top 15 team for a reason. So I, I do think that that's going to be a really important stretch for this team. And we'll know. I mean, if they lose one of those games, all the talks that we had in the preseason about that potential for making a playoff are gone because once you lose two, past history indicates that's it for the playoff chances.
0: Where Wisconsin is concerned and the bye week, how is their health different today than it was when they left uh, Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City?
2: I think they've obviously taken the time off and used it wisely. The two names really to watch are cornerback, Fionn Hicks and outside linebacker, Andrew Van Kinkle. And Jim Leonard said today that uh, he expects Hicks to play. I mean, he said it's a thumb injury and, uh, you know, based on what, jim has played through and what he knows about fan he says you know that's an injury you can work with and as for andrew van ginkle he's still recovering from a right leg injury we'll have to see what happens with him but i just think andrew's presence is so vital to the defense in the front seven because this team has really struggled to get pressure on quarterbacks they only have three sacks so far in four games and van ginkle was supposed to be the guy who was going to bring that pressure but it's hard to do that when you're not healthy
0: They're a third of the way through the season, and now Wisconsin will play on eight successive Saturdays. What have you made of the play of Alex Hornibrook through uh, the one-third of the schedule?
2: I think he's been solid. You know, we talk about this often, but people see like what he did in that second half against Iowa. He was outstanding, 9 for 10. He completed all five passes on that game-winning drive. People see the Orange Bowl MVP against Miami and what he did against BYU last season, and they sort of think, why can't he be like that all the time? Obviously, he's human, and uh, you know there are going to be ebbs and flows. But on the whole, he's better this year. He's completing 66.7% of his passes. Last year, he was a little over 62%. The interception number is down. That was something we talked about coming into the season that he had to drop. Uh, and he's throwing 200 yards a game. Last year was 189 or so. So the numbers are up. I think he's where you want him to be as a junior. He just has to keep keep it going.
0: Have you? Uh, c- can you imagine uh, talking about the nation's leading rusher, Jonathan Taylor, and have it being quiet? Because that's what it seems Correct. like to me. At 157 yards a game, quietly.
2: Yeah, and it's. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm working on a story for tomorrow, actually, about Taylor. And uh, you know, he is averaging 25 and a half carries per game, which is number one in the country. He's right right now. This is a small sample size. I know through four games, but if you extrapolate this over a 14 game season. He's on pace to set the single-season record for most carries by a Wisconsin tailback. That would be 357, and Monty Ball has the record of 356 set in 2012. So I think some of this is just, you know, you pile up numbers the the more times you carry. But you're right. He's number one in the country at 157 yards rushing per game. He's averaging 6.2 yards per carry. And yet, if you look at any Heisman voting system right now, he's nowhere to be found. And I, I am included in this because all of our college football writers and editors vote every Sunday for our top three Heisman. Uh, candidates, just like we would at the end of the season. And there are eight guys that have earned at least one vote and Taylor isn't one of them. And the only running back that has earned any votes is Kentucky running back Benny Snell. So I think some of this is just like, He's expected to do this. Now, if he does this over a full season and he gets to about 2,200 yards, I still think he's going to be a Heisman finalist.
0: So l- let me ask you this about that, and I'm sorry I keep you a little longer here, but when you talk about Jonathan Taylor, since the first two games, so against BYU and Iowa, a loss and a tough win, his long carries have been 15 and 17 yards. Why is that?
2: Well, better defenses for one. I mean, you know, it's much easier to break off a 47-yard touchdown run as he did in the opener or a 30-yard touchdown run, which he also did. And I know he set career highs in rushing attempts and yards against New Mexico, but – those are better defenses, and so the bursts aren't always going to be there. But one thing that I will say is that Jonathan does an excellent job of kind of maintaining this pace over the course of the game. So, yeah, you're right. He had 15, he had 17. Those were the long runs. But in the second half of games of this season, he's averaging 6.1 yards per carry. So since his average for the season is 6.2, I mean, it's it's right there. So, over the course of a game, eventually he's going to wear down teams. And that was one thing in talking to Garrett Groshek this week that he, that he mentioned to me, like he looks as strong in the second half as he does in the first half, even though we haven't necessarily seen those huge 30- and 40-yard runs the last two games.
0: All right, Jesse, we'll continue in a couple of minutes. I can tell you the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company with convenient shuttle service to Camp Randall on game day is your official coaches radio show sponsor of the Badger Radio Network. More on the matchup with Nebraska, a little bit more on the Badgers defense, which needs to rise to the occasion as Wisconsin rolls forward in this Big Ten season. Four of the 12 games now in the books. Wisconsin one-third of the way into the deal. The home game against Nebraska will kick off the second third of the season as it begins Saturday. night at camp randall stadium more with jesse temple of the athletic.com coming up in a couple of minutes stick around you're listening to badger prime on the badger sports network once again back with you on badger prime it is brought to you by the great dane pub and brewing company your destination for game day gatherings your official coaches radio show sponsor of the badger radio network i'm mike heller along with jesse temple from the athletic.com the Badgers in at 3 and 1, 1 and 0 in the Big 10 off of that win against the Iowa Hawkeyes 28-17 some 12 days ago after the bye week now the Badgers have a home game with Nebraska, on the road at Michigan, home with Illinois and then at Northwestern over the next 4 weeks. The Cornhuskers come in, they are 0 and 4. So far on the season. Meanwhile, Wisconsin at that three and one mark returning home for this one. The Badgers have won five straight over Nebraska and own a six and one record since the Huskers joined the Big Ten in 2011 in head to head matchups. The Badgers have won all four meetings between the teams since the introduction of the Freedom Trophy. In 2014, and this is also going to be a special weekend as UW will honor its historic 1993 Big Ten Championship team at halftime of Saturday's game, part of the reunion for the squad that also won the 1994 Rose Bowl game. So, a lot to consider with that. Meanwhile, as Nebraska comes in and they are winless. It harkens back to the concept of when BYU came in on September the 15th and dealt Wisconsin their only loss, 24-21. Jesse, how does that lead into this, and are the players now more aware of having to give something a little bit different than the effort that they gave against BYU when the Badgers were upset on their home field? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And TJ Edwards said as much. He said, you know, it helped us to learn that we can't just kind of go out there on the field and expect to roll over these guys. And the other thing that I think has the attention of this team, particularly defensively, uh, is that I had multiple Wisconsin players tell me this week that Nebraska has the best skill position players that this defense will have faced all season. Um, And Paul Chris said as much on Monday. You look at the tape, you turn it on, and there's a lot of talent there. Nebraska has a running back who rushed for 170 yards and two touchdowns against Purdue last week. And there's a dual-threat freshman quarterback named Adrian Martinez who has done significant damage offensively. So these guys on defense know uh, they're going to have to contain Martinez because he can cause headaches. And if they don't, Nebraska's going to put up some points, and that's certainly not what you want. Uh, against the Cornhuskers team that is absolutely desperate to turn things around this season.
0: Jesse, we've talked about this throughout the year, but this is not last year's Wisconsin defense. And as you look down uh, to the horizon uh, about teams that Wisconsin has to face, including Penn State, a little bit later on, that can make you nervous. What are the things that this defense can do better and must do better to be in a situation that that allows them to be where they want to be when it's all said and done?
2: I think it's a couple of things, and, and I mentioned this earlier, but I think they have to do a better job of affecting the quarterback and generating pressure. And, and right now, Wisconsin has three sacks in four games. A couple of seasons ago, this team averaged three sacks per game, uh, so a pretty drastic difference. There, there's only two teams in the FBS right now that are averaging fewer sacks per game uh, and that's Georgia State and Colorado State, so not necessarily company you want to be a part of if you're Wisconsin. But the thing about it is is this group is so young and inexperienced, and, and I know that you, know, you never want to use that as an excuse, but that's the truth. And not having a healthy Andrew Van Ginkle has played a major role because we saw how much he could affect the game late last season against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship in Miami in the Orange Bowl. And the other thing is, Maybe we got spoiled the last few years with how talented the pass rushers were at outside linebacker. A few years ago, you had Joe Schobert, who was the Big Ten linebacker of the year with Vince Beagle, and then you had Beagle with T.J. Watt, who was incredible and was a first-round NFL draft pick. And even last year, Leon Jacobs, uh, Jim Leonard said this uh, on Wednesday after practice. He said he pretty much every time he could win his one on ones He was just a physical freak, and that's why he became a draft pick, and Garrett Dooley as well. And so now you don't necessarily have that. So that's one issue, and on the back end, just – getting experience with a youthful secondary you knew that was going to be the case with three new starters back there and we saw some penalties and some big plays in the last couple of games so those are two areas that definitely need to be shored up defensively
0: have you seen strides being made where that is concerned on the back end i thought against iowa the the only the, the times that i was was successful it was because tight ends were running open
2: yeah, you're right. There was a big reception, T.J. hawkinson caught a, I think a 46-yard pass fan, Hicks was flagged for pass interference and he caught it anyway. And then I know Iowa hit a quick touchdown pass after that. But the one thing I will give this defense credit for, those two, two weeks ago against Iowa, when they had to come up with stops in that fourth quarter, they were there. And that's what allowed Wisconsin to have this chance to come back and win the game, which I think we'll look back at this and say maybe this was the season saver or the season changer. I don't want to be dramatic here after four games. But now the Badgers are in position to win the Big Ten West. They have the tiebreaker against the Hawkeyes. And I do think that that secondary and specifically those cornerbacks continue to learn. You know, Deron Harrell got his first start against Iowa, and he's in position to to make significant contributions moving forward as well.
0: Well, let me also say this about Saturday night with the reunion of that 1993 team. That was so different back in that era of college football. There was the college football playoff, the Bowl Coalition, in its second season. The Big Eight was on its way out as a football conference. The Big Ten had just added an 11th member, Penn State, and the University of Wisconsin had won just 20 games in the previous seven seasons. So against that backdrop, fourth-year head coach Barry Alvarez and the Badgers engineered a season for the ages, one that ended with the UW winning a then-school record 10 games, capturing the Big Ten title, advancing to the Rose Bowl for the first time since 1963, and winning... 25 years later, Wisconsin Athletics celebrates that historic team. This Saturday night, more than 70 former players and coaches are scheduled to take part, including Barry Alvarez. First team All Big Ten selections, Daryl Bevel, Joe Panos, Jeff Messenger, Michael Rohn, Lamarck Shackaford, and Terrell Fletcher and offensive coordinator Brad Childress, defensive coordinator Dan McCarney. The team and its returning members honored at halftime in a ceremony during the Badgers game this Saturday night against Nebraska. The 1993 Badgers set the table. For what is now turned into sustained success with the Wisconsin football program all these years later. 25 years of success has meant 232 wins against just 91 losses. The seventh best winning percentage in the country over that span, trailing only Ohio State in the Big Ten. So Wisconsin celebrating part of its history. This Saturday night, we return with more as you'll stick around. I hope with us on the Badger prime program, it is brought to you by the great Dane pub and brewing company, the best late night menu in Madison, your official coaches radio show sponsor of the Badger radio network back in three minutes. This is Badger prime on the Badger sports network. And we welcome you back into Badger Prime. I'm Mike Heller. I can tell you that the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company is your number one happy hour and dining destination. Your official coaches' radio show sponsor of the Badger Radio Network. We'll talk more about Badger football coming up against Nebraska on its way back into the NCAA tournament this year. A lot of focus on former Badger skating in the NHL now that that season is underway. But guess what? The Badgers are on Kohl center ice coming up Sunday, five o'clock against Victoria as they get underway. That game broadcast in Madison on 100.9 FM and their voice is Brian Posick, who we'll hear from in a moment. After that, it is Boston College that comes in on October the 12th and 13th. So just eight and nine days from now until games that really matter. Matter at the Cole Center against Boston College. Brian Posack, as I mentioned, the longtime voice of the Badgers, had a chance to catch up with one of the leaders and a captain, Peter Tischke.
5: Well, before Peter's senior season at Wisconsin, he got a chance to go to the Pittsburgh Penguins development camp. And, you know, that's what's interesting about hockey. Uh, For for college athletes in football or basketball, they have to wait to be drafted or maybe as a free agent. And after the collegiate career, they get to go and and work out. But hockey players get to go to these development camps. So what was it like for you in
6: Pittsburgh? Uh, It was really fun. I was only there for three days or so. But I learned a lot. It's fun being around the facilities, and I saw—I actually saw Crosby there, and you get to see what he does in the offseason, how hard he works, and what it's like to be a pro. So I really took that away from that camp, I think. Did you touch the Stanley Cup? Uh, I did not. <laughs> Made sure of that one. Yeah.
5: Why is it that, that players who have not won the Stanley Cup refuse to touch the Stanley
6: Cup? Uh, it's a little tradition, or not even a tradition. Um, how would I explain it? Super, it's a superstition, yeah. That if you touch the Stanley Cup, then you're not going to win it. So that's the big thing of why hockey players try and stay away from that. Sure.
5: I suppose at some point you'd love to win a Stanley Cup
6: and skate in the NHL first, though, right? Yeah, more than anything, uh, that's been a goal of mine since I was a little kid. So I'm hoping that. This year goes well, not just for myself, but for the whole team and give everyone as many opportunities as they can to achieve their dreams of playing in the NHL too. I know for years
5: Marco Siki, your D coordinator, has said that you have the ability to play at the next level and teams have looked at you and given you some chances. I know the LA Kings were very high on you too. That must make you feel good knowing that you have developed here as a hockey player at Wisconsin.
6: Yeah, I have to a lot, give a lot of credit to Mark. He does a great job with us. He comes out early with us almost every day and just works on the little fundamentals of retrieving pucks, making good first passes. I mean, the stuff you need to do in the NHL because he's obviously been around it for years. So I have to credit a lot to him. And yeah, I'm just, it, just knowing that there's teams out there looking at me obviously gives me confidence. So I think that hopefully that'll portray over into my game. Sure. Peter Tishke is with us, a so two-time honorable mention, all Big Ten, although I picked
5: him as a first-teamer last year. <laughs> Nobody pays attention to me, though, Peter. <laughs> Your decor, actually, if you look at it, it's relatively young. Yeah, you're you're the only senior in the group, but you've got some really good players in the back end. That might be the strength of this team. What do you think?
6: Yeah, I think we have a lot of talent back there. Everyone moves the puck. Everyone can skate really well. I think that's probably our strongest asset is our skating and we obviously have a lot of size, and we like to jump in the play offensively. So I think that we're going to be really strong back there. Yeah.
5: Peter last year had 13 points, a couple of goals. He was <laughs> jumping in. And, and, and as I know it's early on, but uh, th- there's a chance you could be paired with Keandre Miller, a first-round draft pick of the New York Rangers. Young kid, he's big, lean, and he can skate too and shoot
6: yeah. the puck. What do you think of Keandre's game? I think he is an unbelievable player. He's only been playing D for I think two years now, and he's already this good. So I'm just excited to see where this year will take him after being with a year of Mark. And I'm just continue to watch him. I mean, I've already picked up on a lot of things over or off of him, like shooting wise, just jumping up offensively, always being aware of like how to get open for the forwards in the offensive zone. So I've already picked that up off him. We've already been practicing for four weeks, so I'm excited to see what else I can pick up off him. Wait a minute, you're a senior picking up things from a freshman? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny how things work. <laughs> you can always learn.
1: Exactly.
6: Ty Emerson, another freshman defenseman, what do you think of his game? He's really good. I think he's really sound. He's a smooth skater. He's really calm with the puck. He'll be able to make good first passes and beat the first four checker. And he also has a really good shot from the point.
5: Peter Tishke is the team captain this year, and when you got the news, I'm pretty sure you were smiling, weren't
6: you? I, yeah, I had a huge smile on my face. <laughs> it's such an honor with all the great captains who's come through, or come through the past, just trying to pick up and learn off even other guys in our locker room. There's a bunch of other great leaders here who could easily have a letter, so I'm just trying to pick up and try and be a better overall captain.
5: Now that you are captain, do you find that former Badgers and former captains have reached out to you and said, hey, you know, if you need help or what have you,
6: we're here to assist? Yeah, I, I've gotten a bunch of texts from a bunch of past alumni, even not even mm-hmm. just cap And just if you need anything, let me know. Here's my number, which is good. It shows the community that the Wisconsin hockey team has. And your club, picked by Big Ten coaches to finish
5: sixth this year,
6: who knows what's going to happen. I mean, exactly. preseason polls are, are what they are. It's just yeah. a talking point. Right? Yeah, and it gives us a chip on our shoulder. I mean, we get to be the ones out there hunting the top teams instead of the ones being hunted so I think that brings the new energy it brings us back to my sophomore year when we weren't picked to finish that high and yeah. look what we did that year so I think that you can never count any team out and you always got to be ready for your for uh, the other team's best game. Yeah, and I know you got
5: Victoria coming up but I'm sure you can't wait to play Boston College because that is one of the better teams in the country.
6: I, yeah I can't wait I want to obviously Victoria will be a good game to get like the feet under us get the freshmen's nerves out of them and then I'm really excited for the week after that being able to get after it and Get chippy and getting back to all that. I miss that. <laughs> By the way, who are you going to be picking on during practice now that Ryan Wagner's not here? Um, I don't know yet. I think I found a new one in Roman Eshaan. He's kind of like the similar player of Wags. Okay. Also wears 13, I think. So oh. just brings back some memories. All right. How about Dominic Mersh? Because he seems to like to mix it up with everybody. Oh, yeah. Mersh. he loves getting into it. He's a, He's a feisty little guy. But he'll go through the wall for any one of the boys.
0: Our thanks to Brian Posick and Peter Tishke for that little time there. The Badgers again on home ice against Victoria in an exhibition game on Sunday. And then they will host Boston College a week from Friday and Saturday night at the Cole Center. Women's hockey is on the road this weekend. They'll be in Erie, Pennsylvania, against Mercyhurst Friday and Saturday. Meanwhile, Wisconsin women's volleyball got a win at number 7 Illinois on Wednesday night. The Badgers, sixth ranked in the country, will travel to and play at Iowa coming up Saturday, 7 o'clock from Iowa City. We'll come back and wrap up this edition of Badger Prime in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to Badger Prime on the Badger Sports Network. Back with you on final segment on Badger Prime as we work through this Thursday night. Badger football at home against Nebraska. 630 is the kickoff Saturday night at Camp Randall Stadium. The Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company with convenient shuttle service to and from Camp Randall Stadium on game day. Your official coaches radio show sponsor of the Badger Radio Network. So before we uh, get out of here tonight, let me also spend a a few minutes talking about Badger volleyball. The women got a win last night at Illinois. Now Wisconsin has improved to 11-2 and overall. And an 846 winning percentage, 4 and 1 in the conference and a two match winning streak. The Badgers on a pretty good run off of that win at Illinois. Next up is a trip to Iowa City. Over the weekend, they will take on the Hawkeyes Saturday, 7 o'clock in Iowa City. And the Badgers voice for women's volleyball, John Adias had a chance to catch up with the head coach Kelly Sheffield. This interview took place before the Badgers win at Champaign against Illinois on Wednesday night. So here's a conversation with John Audius, Mike Pilch, and the Badger women's volleyball coach Kelly Sheffield.
2: Your team had a gritty win, is the way you described it against Purdue on Saturday. I know there was a lineup change. Um, what did that win mean for this team at this
7: point in the season? We did not go hawk mode on Wednesday and uh, and and lost a uh, you know it's a tough match at uh, at Minnesota. That was a, that was a match that we were certainly uh, reeling from and, and pretty down from and um uh i thought to pick ourselves up dust ourselves off and uh and going with a new lineup uh against a a top 20 team at their place that had only lost one match all year uh it, it certainly certainly very proud of our of our group uh the numbers for most of us weren't great you know i had kind of you know the example i'd use is just you know kind of a slobber knocker of a, of a football game, you know, it, uh, we're nobody's really bringing it up and down to the, the field very, very much, but just, uh, just, uh, I just thought we were gritty. I thought we just stayed with it. Uh, I thought we, we, uh, we held off some runs and then in the third set, we were down pretty much most of the time and just made a played some really great volleyball at the end, to to get out of there in three. So that was, uh, it was a uh, there was a locker room. Nobody went Hulk mode in in the locker room, but it was certainly a locker room where everybody felt pretty good about it.
1: <laughs> um, Hulk mode is the thing now. I love it. <laughs> biggest and it's still fairly early in your season, coach. Biggest area of your team that you still aren't happy with, where you say we got to get a lot better there before we get to where you want to be. And the biggest area that you're kind of pleased with, where things have kind of gelled, maybe earlier than you thought.
7: You know, I don't know if there's anything that I would say that I'm unhappy with. I think we're still a work in progress and we, there's still so much areas that we've got to get better. I think we're getting better being able to take, uh, out of our out of system attacking is getting a lot better from a standpoint of, I think we're putting up good balls when it's somebody other than Sydney. I think we're setting balls in ways that we can terminate. I think our attackers are, are hitting those balls a lot better than what we were early, early in the season. That's something we've worked a lot on. Um, uh, you know, I think, uh, defensively is an area that we've got to get better. You know, I, I think there are some matches that were awfully good defensively with our block and our back courts, uh, working together. And there are some other matches where I think that's really kind of letting us down. So we got to continue to get better there. I think we're, um, our serving is continues to improve. Uh, you know, I think Madison Duelo has been a big time bright spot for us and, uh, you know, I think she's uh, the first third of the season, first half of the season. I think she's been playing at a really high level. And, um, you know, that's certainly some somebody that uh, has really taken her game to the next level this year for us.
0: All right, very good. Thank you, John audius Mike Pilch, along with the head coach of Wisconsin Women's Volleyball, Kelly Sheffield. We get set to wrap things up here, Wisconsin and Nebraska. We'll tee it up Saturday night, 630 at Camp Randall Stadium. Now, a couple of quick notes before we get out of here, and one is that, including Wisconsin's game-winning drive at Iowa on September the 22nd. Quarterback Alex Hornibrook has been at his best in the fourth quarter. 18 of 23, 246 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions in the fourth quarter of games so far this year. One other note. The Badgers have won 18 of their last 19 trophy games with rivals Iowa, that's the Heartland Trophy, Nebraska the Freedom Trophy, and Minnesota Paul Bunyan's Axe, dating back to 2010. Wisconsin swept those rivals in three of the past four seasons. Our coverage this Saturday gets underway on the network at 4.30. I'll anchor that, hand it off to Matt LaPay and Mike Lucas and Mark Toucher as well. At 5.30, the game will kick at 6.30 this Saturday night against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We thank you for being with us here on Badger Prime and look forward to talking to you again from Camp Randall Stadium on Saturday. I'm Mike Heller. Thanks for listening to Badger Prime on the Badger Sports Network. The Learfield Directors' Cup, the highly recognized mark of distinction in college athletics across all divisions, both men's and women's sports. Follow your favorite team's pursuit for excellence in this prestigious annual award through thedirectorscup.com, USA Today, or at L
5: Directors' Cup on Twitter or Facebook. Learfield Directors' Cup, the On the Badger Sports Network, this has been Badger
0: Prime. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Badger Sports Network.
5: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry?
2: Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
5: Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.